Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Good evening, Razorback fans. We want to welcome you into the new. Weekly Women's Sports Report. I am your host, Porter Hayes. And while, as always, we're presented by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contest events with first to market odds and lines. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting props and futures. Head on over to Bet Online to use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BLEAV50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and Bet Online where the game starts. This is episode two of the weekly women's sports report where we will go over everything Arkansas women's sports. So thank you for joining in. We are proud. We, we kind of mentioned it a little bit, but. Uh, Really want to make it official that our newest sponsor, Fordham Lee Distillery, will be the official sponsor of the weekly Women's Sports Report. Distillery is located in Middleton Valley, Maryland, and the bourbons and cream-based whiskeys are all grain to glass, utilizing the finest facilities and technology for distillation. They know, use no neutral grain spirits in any of our products, and all grains are non-GMO, utilizing local farms. The original 10-gallon still from the bootlegger days, still sits in the tasting room. So we really want to thank Fordham Lee Distillery for being our proud sponsor. And if everything goes according to plan, we talked about Arkansas having the bye week. Um, we will bring on the CEO of Fordham Lee Distillery, Bill Poffenbarger, tomorrow night to talk about the story of Fordham Lee Distillery and how everything got started. So uh we're going to get started first. Um, big, big day, a big week in women's sports all around. Um, I really want to start off with congratulating freshman Carolina Gomez Alonso of women's tennis. She claimed the ITA Central Regional title. She won two matches on the final day of the Central Regional Championship to claim the singles title and become the first Razorback to be named the ITA Central Regional Champion since Anouk Tigu won it in 2010. So big congratulations. She is only a freshman. So when, when we talk about every week, we talk about these, these programs up and coming, up and coming. Who's next? The volleyball. This is one of those programs that's up and coming that we do not give a lot of attention to. And I'm telling you with Spink and Cross and now Caroline, I mean – this is another program that's that's really producing for, for the Razorbacks. Uh, very excited to see what they do moving forward. So, again, we want to start it off by thanking or congratulating her on her regional championship. And, again, a freshman. So there's going to be many more years to come with her. Next up, we, we will move on to the soccer. And they had a huge matchup with Alabama. The winner was going to take over first place in the West. And from from what I've been told, they're, they're either doing away with the division, so they're all going to one hole when it comes to the seedings. Well, they failed Alabama 2-1 to one in Tuscaloosa. They took an early lead in the 18th minute. Um, and it just – I don't know if it just kind of – they gave it a game away, but Alabama scored a goal, you know, quickly right after. 
And then they went ahead in the second half. Cotel commented after the game, you know, congratulated Alabama. And, again, it's like this is a team that's won back-to-back-to-back SEC regular season titles. So this could be possibly the first time that some of these kids have ever not won an SEC championship. So when we look at the standard of the women's programs at, at Arkansas, it's track and field, then it's soccer, and then it's softball in, in that order. When you look at the success that these teams have made in, in Coach Hale, um, been to a couple practices and just how he runs things, you could tell it's a business-like approach. Uh, w- w- just with Anna Potajul, you know, Potajul, She's one goal away from tying the all-time score at goals leader. So, I mean, you know that kind of pressure is there, along with the pressure of we we're, we got to be the best in the SEC every year. So it, it, it's going to kind of be weird to say that they're not the SEC regular season championship, but we all know the end goal. You, you want to get to the SEC tournament championship, you want to win the SEC. I mean, that's the thing. You know, he's been denied in so many finals, you know, that, that now it's that turn time to really uh, to bring one to Fayetteville, bring another SEC championship to Fayetteville, then go on to the NCAA tournament. So they um, – upcoming now, they got LSU, I believe, um, at home. And let's – yeah, they got LSU at Thursday at home, Ole Miss, Kentucky, before the SEC tournament is going to be in Pensacola, Florida. So, as of right now, they are the third seed in the SEC. They um, – I don't think that they'll be able to, you know, catch Alabama. And then Tennessee in the east, which, of course, if they combine the divisions, both are sitting at undefeated in conference. So, they got a tough hill to climb with sitting at two losses in the conference play. But better yet, you know, they, they still got a top three seed, top three team, and that's nothing you, you – you can't win the SEC every single year. But that's kind of been the standard. It's kind of been the way. But the way they keep on recruiting these top class, the best players in the country to come to Arkansas and play soccer, I mean, it's just overwhelming. And another one of those programs, like we keep mentioning with the women's basketball program, the gymnastics, you know, just that um, – the foundation setting with Parker Goins, and they they come watch the game against Vendor, the big game. You know that's it, it's cool to see these the the pros and the and the alumnus come back and, and watch these teams play, and better yet, be able to come back and be proud to come and watch these teams play and win. And and that was a big game for them against Vanderbilt that they've had a tough time against. They uh, the last four times they won the last three out of four. The only loss coming in the SEC tournament championship, but going back to like 2017, they'd only scored one goal against Vanderbilt in all meetings. So to win that game, really come out, score two quick goals, and then in the second half get another quick goal, hold on, you know, to a three nothing win. I mean, it it just tells you the the difference in these games. And when when they won three nothing, they were coming off of four straight one nothing wins. So I mean that's it's a quirky thing when you look at softball, uh, baseball, and soccer. They're low scoring sports that you, there's not a lot of. I mean there's back and forth, but I mean you can win a game one nothing. So that just shows the importance and the intensity of these games. And unfortunately, again, they do fall to to Alabama, but. 
again, with the sport, and I'm telling you what, the SEC, it used to be a, a um, football conference. But if you really look top to bottom, in the men's side and the women's side, the SEC's the tops in the, the, the football. There are tops in the baseball. There are tops. You could argue that they're top, if not competing with all the other conferences in basketball. We know what they are in baseball. And then look at softball, what's going on. And you add OU, who's going to be coming into the softball. That's another juggernaut with Texas, who, of course, ended Arkansas softball season last year. You know, it, it's only going to get better. And so the teams, the recruiting is only going to get better. And this is one of those programs that Coach Hale and um, big praise, big shout-out to the softball and the soccer program getting new facilities. We had talked about it a couple of weeks ago, and they're going to be adding about 1,200. This is just estimate on what I've been told, and it's not uh, been fully reported yet, but um, they're looking to add about 1,200 seats to the, the soccer facility. Um, been, been told that they're basically where the concession stand is. They're going to knock it all the way down. And they're going to give them their own building. Uh, there had been talks of the um, soccer and softball to share facility, but it was going to kind of come into um, where the road is between Bud Walton and where the soccer facility is. You know, the the bus routes, and I guess there was kind of conflict of having to shut down the road. So U of A kind of I guess told them they didn't allow them to have that road. So instead of one big shared facility. Each one's going to have their own, and so, uh, softball has their own facility with the indoor practice, and they're going to add on to that. Uh, there hasn't been any talks of adding any seats, um, and I guarantee you that um, once they do get done with this soccer and, and softball renovation, I guarantee you with the recruiting classes that we're about to break down with with the uh, softball program, I'm, there, there's going to be a need for it. There's going to be a need for more seats because I'm telling you, once this softball program rolls, and, and even the soccer program, when we were there at the Vanderbilt game, the, the stadium was full. They have bleachers there at the end behind the goal where the concession stadium, that was full. It, it's almost like a, a berm atmosphere for the soccer stadium and. I kind of joked in between going between the softball scrimmage and the soccer that they need to just put a zip line in between the, the press box and, and the soccer field so we can go back and forth. But that, that was fun getting to witness both of that on the same day because, you know, the fans turning out for the soccer and having the biggest crowd of the year, big shout-out to the fans. Uh, because if it wasn't for the fans and, and the interest, this show would not be possible. This is fan-driven. I really want to honestly say that, that this show is for the players, the coaches, and the fans because, you know, you turn out to the games. We, me personally, have preached and have said, you know, show up, show out. Please support the women's programs more. So it's only fitting that I practice what I preach, and I have the platform that I do to give the women their own show, but you can't say enough big things about what's going on in the soccer program. And then, of course, moving right on along to the volleyball program, they had a, you know, they've been bouncing out back and forth between the rankings all year long. And they got, they were playing a, uh, and I don't know if this started with COVID or I'd have to really dig deep into the scheduling part of it, but. 
during COVID, they would play a Friday night and Saturday night game or two-in-one day game. But they really started their SEC scheduling playing one match on a Friday or one match on a Saturday and then following up the next day. And they ended up getting the the two separate sweeps in a row over Tennessee, which was huge because you're coming off of – you know, a little skid when it comes to you got ranked when it comes to you beat Ole Miss, then you split with Mississippi State, you dropped two in a row to Kentucky. So coming into another matchup at Barnhill Arena against Tennessee, you really wanted to get back on track because you've got Texas A&M, Florida, South Carolina, Georgia, Missouri, Alabama, and Auburn left. So there's still a lot of season left, but you want to really stay ranked because they were on the fringe last year. A lot, including myself, thought they should have did enough to get into the NCAA tournament. They got kind of shafted in a way, but still made postseason play um, last season. So, big matchup at Barnhill on Wednesday. They usually play Thursdays, but this is one of those single. And, again, I really have to ask Coach Watson and, and Emily, the SID, on what makes them do a split or, you know, a two-match or a single match. So, for the next one, they go play uh, Texas A&M. Uh, that will be tomorrow night in Barnhill. Then, Saturday, they go to Gainesville for a matchup on Saturday and Sunday. They have South Carolina next Wednesday. Then they go to Georgia on Sunday, November 6th. Wednesday, November – so it's a Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday kind of deal. So – Big matchups going on for them, and I'm telling you what, Jillian Gillen keeps on climbing the the, the kills list. Taylor Head killing it as always. Tatum Shipes has been another one of those that have been up and coming. You know, just a star. Maggie Cartwright, another star for the Razorbacks. And when they were ranked, you're looking at the depth of this team and just how good they were. And I went to the Colorado matchup and. Just the speed of this game and just – I want to see the intensity of their kills and their digs and, the, and just how everything flows and moves around really impressed me on how they did. And having two top ten wins is really going to help the resume when it comes to, you know, getting into the NCAA tournament. So look forward to that coming up. Just Coach Watson's done an amazing job and one of the nicest people – in one of the nicest guys on on campus because every time we go into a a media setting or a press conference, he's always so appreciative of, you know, everybody who comes and supports this team. He's asking everybody. So everyone who's listening or who's going to download the podcast when it drops tomorrow morning, you know, he's basically begging people to come out to, to Barnhill Arena and match the intensity of the red-white game for the basketball team, you know, and being a midweek game. And, you know, it's just one of the things where I know once they get rolling and once all these things come to, you know, they get better as a program, they're going to be more, of course, more people show up. But, you know, Texas A&M's coming to town, so if you could, get out and show up and show up for this program. I mean, you want to talk about the, the kids want to look up in those stands and they see them full. We, we've seen it happen at the soccer stadium. We've seen it happen at Bogle Park. You know, we've seen it happen five, 6,000 show up at Bud Walton Arena for the women's basketball. 
We've seen the gymnastics program, which is coming up, getting two matches now. They had one last year at Bud Walton. Now they're going to get two. You know, they've had 10,000. So the, the, the series coming up or the game against Texas A&M show up full force. And I'll tell you what, it's just as cheap to get into a daggum women's event at the University of Arkansas than it is a high school game. So if you want some cheap entertainment that is very, very exciting, I'm telling you, you won't be disappointed if you go watch this women's volleyball team play tomorrow night. It starts at 7 p.m. Um, I'm not seeing uh, – let me look on the schedule right quick. I don't know if this is going to be televised or not. Usually sometimes they'll put them on the um, – SEC Plus, but it's saying SEC Network. So, good deal on that. It will be on the SEC Network if you cannot make it out. So, it's it's going to be a good time, good event. Hopefully, you know, coming off the sweep, they'll win three in a row. So, go out and support them. Um, moving on now um, to the softball program. And they I, – I really touched on a little bit on in episode one – after we had Coach Neighbors on, we're going to have Coach Diefel on soon. I've tried for next week. Nothing promised yet, but we'll have her on to really break down their fall slate. But I really want to really touch on this recruiting class and the future of this program. And when we found out that the freshmen this year, and they signed the number one recruiting class in the country, just the excitement – that was coming in and the excitement and expectations that, that the fans and the media had for these these players matched when you seen them on the field. And getting to see these girls play and every single one of them are as good as advertised. I mean, you've got a set of twins that, that one was playing third and then they ended up pitching and catching Hannah and Lauren Cammons end, you know, it, it, how cool is it to not only get to play catch with your sister, but to do it at a div- Division One program like Arkansas? I mean, that just had to be the thrill of their life, you know. And these are freshmen that are producing. Kiki Estrada, another one that's going to be a force to reckon with. Nigel Fortno, Fontno. I mean, these the, these kids are coming in. Robin Heron come in was pitching excellent you know and i am very excited to see what this class does added with what you have coming back and then you add these freshmen in there but on top of that you move into the 23 class or the 24 class that just signed you have ella mcdowell the number three player in the country you have ramsey walker the number 14 player in the country cam harrison the number five player in the country and then you had uh, Lexi King, the 48th player in the country. Ashton Reichert, the 28th player in the nation. And then you had in-state Ava Carver from Green County Tech. And then the last one of the group was Jaden Ramos, the first baseman from Fresno, California. But I'm telling you what, you look at 3, 5, 14, 28, 48 in the nation – and where this program was five years ago. That just shows you where this team is. And I got to talk to a bunch of the girls that are freshmen now, and I got to talk to a bunch of the ones that have just signed. And every single one of these players, 
talked about the staff, the staff, the staff, the staff, and how they were treated when they got to come on campus. You know, the fans, the atmosphere. And I'm telling you right now, Razorback fans, what they get to see at Bogle Park, you're blessed because you you can go to other programs around the country and you don't even get half of that. You, you go to a regional and some of these places are maybe getting 1,000 there, maybe 1,500, 2,000. Now, the elite schools, you're going to get your crowds. And I'm telling you, that's what Arkansas is now. They are an elite program. They haven't made it to Oklahoma City yet. They've made it to two super regionals in a row. And I'm telling you what, this this right here is a program that Coach Diefel, Coach Yo, Coach Matt, they're building a juggernaut at Fayetteville because they're already talking to, you know, they're already working on a 25. And from what I've been hearing and, and, and what I've been seeing is there is a hardy a huge chance that they're going to get the other number one or number two player in the country in the 25 class. A pitcher out of Tennessee, Addison Linton, throwing 70 miles per hour on the gun as a sophomore in high school and, and hitting absolute tanks and bombs. I mean, these girls, you're, you're thinking a sophomore throwing 70 on, on the radar gun and just absolutely hitting bombs out at, at the parks. I mean, it, it's incredible who these kids, they want to play for Coach Stifle. They want to play for Coach Yo. They want to play for Coach Matt. They want to be a part of it. And every single person that I talk to says they want to be a part of that group that not only succeeds at Arkansas, but brings home a national championship to the University of Arkansas. That, that's where this, this program is. It's not only we're buying into this coach, we're buying into this program. Now the example is with the soccer national championship you got people coming to the women's basketball program we're talking about in a minute. They want to win a national championship. Softball, national championship. Five years ago, you're begging for wins. You're begging for them just to win, get out of the cellar of the SEC. Now we're talking national championships. And, and you talk to these coaches, and you think about – just think about the coaches that are at the University of Arkansas, and they have a coaches meeting – and you say you're a brand-new head coach at the University of Arkansas, and you're sitting in a, a coach's room with the likes of Colby Hill, Lance Harder, Sam Pittman, Eric Musselman, Dave Van Horn, all these coaches, Mike Neighbors, Jordan Weaver. You're, you're, you're sitting there in this room with these successful coaches that have won conference championships and have won national championships who have built programs from the ground up and, and built all of them – to be as successful as they are today. It is a very exciting time to be on either side. Either side. It's very exciting to be, look at the red-white game for the men's, and you're selling out. You're not selling out because it was free, but you're packing Bud Walton or Barnhill Arena. You're selling out stadiums. You know, that's where we have a chance to get all of the programs at the University of Arkansas. And at one point, every program, fall program, was ranked at the University of Arkansas. And there was other schools out there, I won't call them out by name, that were trying to uh, say they were the only ones, but there was another school here in Fayetteville, Arkansas, that can honestly say that every single program 
at one time was ranked and could be ranked. You know, volleyball programs kind of falling out of the rankings, but they're still a legitimate top 25 program. And I'm not saying this to be biased. You have top two top 10 wins. You didn't have a, a, a fluke win over a team. You're having to go best out of five sets with these teams, and you're winning 3-1, 3-1. You're, you're winning in four sets. So that just shows you the talent that is there playing. That shows you the talent of the softball. It shows you the talent that not only like Anna Potagel, Ava Tankersley, you know, you're, you're having proceed people like Parker Goins who are playing pro. You're playing professional soccer now. You're playing against the best players in the country. And that's where all the programs are. And then finishing up with the women's basketball program, whose season's about to start here pretty pretty soon here in November, which they'll start off with their first game. It's going to be an exhibition against Arkansas. UA, UAFS to the old school, old heads like me, call it West Ark. And then you play UAPB and then Central Arkansas. So Wednesday, November 2nd, will be the first home game against UFAS. So they just opened up their, um, would you say, their media day, and they're picked fourth to uh, finish fourth in the conference, which I'm okay with that. You know, you, you look at South Carolina, they're the top dog in the national scene. They are up and coming. Tennessee, what Coach Harper's done there at Tennessee, bringing them back to the national prominence that they used to be. Because back in the day, it was, you know, the likes of Stanford and UConn and Tennessee. Now it's South Carolina. UConn's still at the top, but they they haven't done what they used to do. You know, they they haven't won a national championship in a while, and that's kind of, you know, you, you could kind of compare UConn to the women's basketball to, like, Alabama football. 11 national championships for UConn women's and to see teams like Tennessee to see teams like South Carolina you know what they're doing to be picked fourth in the league is nothing to really hang your head about they won 18 games last year you got four returning starters I mean they don't I guess they they said three but you know Aaron Barnum got injured last year and played had to miss a lot of games so you could really say four Starters are coming back. But what I really wanted to bring up is with with the media is you have two first-team and second-team All-SEC. You've got the reigning freshman of the year. you got Michaela Daniels. Neither one of them got any kind of love at all. And I know it's preseason. But you, you can't sit there and tell me that the reigning freshman of the year can't get anything. Michaela Daniels can't get anything when it comes to first team and second team. And I think it was a bit disrespectful or lazy one. I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe we're, we're still in a time where some of the media is just looking at the top dog programs. All right. We see Tennessee brand name. We see South Carolina brand name. Let's just give their top players the, the all SEC awards. But just if you look at the SEC as a whole and what they lost last year, Ryan Howard, the the players, Henderson at South Carolina. And then you see what Arkansas has coming back. Just I mean, and I'm not saying that Arkansas deserved to have three people on the all-first SEC team. 
But you can't sit there and tell me that either Samara or Michaela didn't deserve to be on either one of those teams. So clearly you're not watching them. You're not, and that's fine because I'm telling you what, with the team that they have this year, with the leadership that Coach Neighbors had, had mentioned in the, in the media today, day to day, you know, with that locked in chain that they have floating around every day, they want somebody locked in. You're just giving them the motivation that they need to make noise to prove everybody wrong. Because I'm telling you, I know Coach Neighbors, he's going to remember this. He's not going to say nothing about it. That's he's very professional and and very proud of his team, and he would not dare do anything to to ruin. You know the the image and the professionalism of him being the head coach at the University of Arkansas, but I'm telling you, he's going to remember that. And when, in fact, I'll say it right now at the end of the year, and when the coaches poll and the coaches poll and the coaches um, will come out next week. So I might be saying all this, but still, yet the coaches. And preseason, yes, it's nice to have these girls get recognized, but we all know the end goal is what matters the most. But I'm looking at the media poll, and I'm looking at the media, all SEC teams, and I'm telling you right now, there are going to be three that are going to be on it. I think Michaela Daniels will be on it. I think Sailor Poffenbarger will be on it. And I think that um, Samara Spencer will be on those. You could honestly go for Jersey – Jersey Wolfenbarger, too. Riley Langerman will be on the all-defensive team. She's one of the best defensive players in the league. Underrated defensive player for this team. Played in every single game. And at you, anything you ask of her, she does. And does it with a smile on her face. But she's a dog. She, I mean, she steps off the court. She's sitting there giffing off and giggling with her friends and her teammates. But she gets steps on that court, she's a totally different person, and she'll fight for every loose ball. So following the team as long as I have and following these programs as long as I have, you kind of do get a little, I guess, defensive when, when it comes to you seeing just nobody on there. And, and you just look at, like, we're, we're, what are you all looking at? But then again, th- this is the same team last year that a, a, a well-known national media member asked Coach Neighbors what he was going to do to replace Amber Ramirez, and she was still on the team. So, I mean, that just shows you kind of nationally where Arkansas's looked at as a whole. Um, when, when they win big games, of course, you're going to be – everybody's going to – you're going to be the darling, and everybody's going to be – you know, they're going to have their day to shine, their time to shine. So, everybody's going to, in that moment, be concentrating on Arkansas. But when it comes down to it – when, when one of your star players is coming back and you ask coach, hey, what are you going to do to replace her? I mean, that's kind of like, did you really do your homework? Did you really look at this team? And I know that there, there's more teams. There's a lot of teams in Division One, And Arkansas isn't that UConn. It isn't that Tennessee or South Carolina yet. But still yet, I mean, when that's all you do, that's all you cover. I mean, do a little bit, little bit more research because that took me five seconds to Google that, or to be in that press conference when she announced that she was indeed coming back. And it wasn't like Amber decided to come back in April, and this was in March. She decided to come back in the fall, right after you're know, in the spring, right after the tournament, and then this was the following next, you know, season that 
the, the question was posed. So it, it's just this team is going to surprise some teams. Fourth is where I have them. Me and my good buddy Paul Boyd talk all about it. And four is about right because, I mean, you, you look at Tennessee and South Carolina, they're going to be really good. Um, Arkansas has always played well against Tennessee. So, I mean, Arkansas could finish third. They could finish second. You never know. But this team's going to surprise a lot of people. Another one that I didn't even mention, and, and this could be, and, and Coach Neighbors had said that this could be even one of the best players on the team is Chrissy Carr. Come from Syracuse. Baller. You have Marion Dowda, in-state product from Bentonville. She's coming back. Mid-range game is on point. You've got people down low that are going to be able to rebound. You've got two six five kids on this, and like he he said, you got Jersey and Miriam six five. The best thing and the craziest thing about this is you get Jersey for three more years, you get Samara for three more years, you get Sailor for four years, you get Miriam for four years. I mean, this is going to be a team that's dangerous. Emory Ellis, a six three sophomore, Riley Langerman, junior. You know, this team, if they keep on recruiting and bringing in people, they're going to be dangerous. This team is going to shock some teams, and they're going to win some games that there's going to be some people that um, thought they wouldn't. But are they going to lose some games that they uh, shouldn't? I'm, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they're going to drop a game or two that they shouldn't. But that just comes with, that comes with women's college basketball. That comes with playing in the SEC. SEC is no slouch, as I talked earlier. When, when it comes to the teams top to bottom, you look at Georgia, Vanderbilt, Shea Raff coming in coaching from UConn, built that program and was sitting there bullying people, you know, making a name for themselves of not going away and, and beat Arkansas last year. Tennessee, you can't forget Kim Mulkey down there at LSU and what she's done. And top to bottom, this is one of the toughest leagues in the country and this team has a potential to be very special, and they have the potential to go to a Sweet 16, even if Elite Eight, depending on draw and seeding and all that good stuff. But this team will make the NCAA tournament this year, and they will win a, the first-round game. I would love for them to get to the Sweet 16 Elite Eight. They have the, the pieces, and this is a short bench. This is going to be a 12-bench team. This is going to be something that – has been done by design. They started the, the, the season two weeks later because Coach Neighbors realized that, you know, they might have peaked too soon in the last couple of years. But you're, get, you're out of the way of COVID when it comes to the restrictions of what they faced in Austin. You got away from the fact of that first-round game against Utah last year, finally getting able to get out there and be free and enjoy a postseason play. Now it's go time. It's really go time, and there is a lot of – Expectations for this team moving forward in this year. Probably one of the most important years for, for Coach Neighbors and just what they have on that court and how far this team can go and for how many years this team can go. Because you don't have one-and-dones like uh, you do in men's basketball. So very, very important times coming up. Their season, again, like I said, starts in November. But, man, it, it's just – I can't say enough about – 
these programs, these teams, these players. That's what this is about. That's what this show is going to be about. We're going to continue bringing on guests. We're going to continue bringing on the coaches, recruits, talking about the people that are coming on campus. We're going to do things that they're not done in any other school in the SEC. I don't know about the nation. won't go that far. But, you know, it's just the fact that it's nice to be able to say that no matter what, th- these teams, these programs, and these players, these coaches, and these, the staff, everybody, the parents – Got so many. I mean, I've gotten more messages and thankful, you know, just DMs and stuff about thank you for doing this. Thank you for doing this. It's my pleasure. Now, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for growing the fan base that they're packing. You know, I remember a, a year or two ago, there, uh, I, I can't remember who, uh, Arkansas was playing in softball. But it was like 38 degrees, 40 degrees outside. Cold, cold, rainy, muggy, and it was a sellout. Berm was full, the stands were full. You know, and that's when you know when the ideal conditions aren't the best and they're still filling the stands, that's when this sport matters. That's when these programs matter. So, I want to personally say thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about this because it does matter now. They've always mattered, and now it's time to really let them shine and give them their praise. So moving forward, like I said, we're going to try to do the best we can to get the top players, the top coaches, talk about the sports and the players that don't get mentioned as much. And I do want to thank the the TV stations, the newspapers, Everybody who has started to really give more coverage, I, I'm seeing it. I want to thank everyone out there, Pig Trail Nation, Best of Arkansas Sports, Hogs Illustrated, Matt Jones, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Paul Boyd, Chip, you know, East and Westerman, you know, all these guys that are doing, Alyssa Orange at Pig Trail Nation, Courtney, you know, all uh, CJ, the whole team of these places, they're giving more awareness, more shout-outs. Hogs Plus is another one that has really just killed it and doing more than I can when, when it comes to the technology and the cameras and the interviews. And so I don't see it as competition. I see it as we're all in this together to do the same thing, and I love it. I love seeing other podcasts talk about the women's sports. I love seeing other Facebook groups talking about women's sports. Because they deserve it, you know, and that's what I'm here to do. So, again, appreciate you again for turning in to Episode 2 of the Weekly Women's Sports Report presented to you by Fordham Lee Distillery and Bet Online. We're going to be here tomorrow night doing a preview with Bill Poffenbarger of Fordham Lee Distillery. And then Sunday we'll have a show combined kind of uh, just talk about the sports in general. And then looking ahead to the Auburn game. So I appreciate everybody. Uh, The podcast will be uploaded sometime tonight to uh, be listened to and and looked at tomorrow. So, again, thank you for myself, Porter Hayes, of the Hog Talk Podcast and Sports and Culture Arkansas. We will catch you tomorrow night. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.